as I mentioned, this is one topic that's very important, but also one we hear very, very little about. And that is the role of women in Jesus's ministry. The passage though, however, is one of several in Luke. So ladies, Luke might be your favorite gospel writer because more than any others, he focuses on women. He focused extensively on the role of Elizabeth in the first chapter. Remember Anna of the temple? That's Luke, the sinful woman who came to Jesus. Martha and Mary, healing of the crippled woman. The parable of the woman who lost the coin. Rejoice with me, I have found my coin. The parable of the woman and the judge who was persistent. Some people would say nagging, but I would say persistent. The list goes on and on. And here Luke mentions a certain, or not a, but certain women who follow Jesus, which would have been extremely unusual. Jesus turns many things on their heads. Jesus had a different attitude towards women than most religious leaders and teachers of that time. The rabbis, the Jewish rabbis, refused to teach women and generally assigned them inferior places. That was the custom. But note, and I wrote this down from my seminary class in Scripture, we only talked about this one day. In all of the classes I had in seminary, the multiple classes in multiple courses in scripture, we talked about the role of women one day. And so note that in these four gospels, all Jesus's enemies were men. <laughs> Everyone Jesus had a problem with was a man. It wasn't one woman he had a problem with. So the church seems to now recognize better or more fully the role of women. For instance, recently, just a few years ago, the um, day of Mary Magdalene was elevated to a full feast, which it had only been, I think, an optional memorial prior to that, maybe obligatory, but it was a memorial. Now it's been elevated up to a feast. So the church is starting to recognize this. Now, why? The one course that I had in scripture on this, and we did talk about it, was definitely the women here that are mentioned in this gospel, Susanna, Joanna, Mary Magdalene, they were a mixed bag, just like the apostles were. Um, they were definitely a mixed group. Let's look at the women mentioned here. Mary Magdalene. She had seven demons cast out of her. She had a dark past. She was probably the lowest of the low of society, but yet right next to her is who? Joanna. Now, what does it say about Joanna? It says she was the wife of Herod's steward. My goodness, she's the wife of Herod's chief financial officer and confidant. Now, wait a minute, who's Jesus' biggest enemy? Herod. And yet here is Herod's chief financial officer, his CFO, 
His wife is traveling around with Jesus. I mean, in today's corporate America, they'd be like, you know, you can't be doing that, John. Your wife is really causing us. We saw her picture on Facebook. <laughs> traveling around with this itinerant preacher. You got to put an end to it. Cancel culture. We got to wipe this out. We got to cancel it. Yet Joanna didn't worry about that. She's married to Herod's right-hand man, but yeah, she's traveling around with Jesus. She was definitely a wealthy lady, a woman of the court, yet she's walking side by side with a prostitute or what tradition has said is a prostitute. But either way, whether she was or not Mary Magdalene, demons were cast out of her. She was the lowly low. So it's amazing to find these two in the same company. But that's what Jesus did. He brought people together, unlikely people. You always hear me say Matthew and Simon the Zealot. They should have killed each other. Because Simon the Zealot, one of the apostles, was, was just that, a zealot, which they're job was to protect Israel from traitors, and the biggest traitors were tax collectors. So Simon the Zealot technically should have killed Matthew. They couldn't even be in the same room together. And yet there they were, traveling as two of the 12 apostles. Susanna, the other one mentioned. Now, she was there helping Jesus. She was uh, 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 an assistant. We don't know a lot about her, not much is said here. But what's interesting is these group of women, it says they provided for Jesus. They took care of him. So are we more like the apostles? Now let's look at the women versus the apostles. Are we more like the apostles who throughout scripture tells us are worried about their reputation? Who's the greatest? I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. So here the apostles are worried more about their status and position, yet here are the women who are happy to just serve quietly and generously, giving out of their resources. You know, and since the fall in our broken nature, our natural tendency is to want to be served, to be put ahead, to get to the front of the line, to be served. However, Jesus came and said, uh-uh, you are to serve, not be served. And that was tough for the apostles. They were the men. They were the ones who were not thought of as being servers, but being served. And this is why the gospel today honors these women. They imitated Jesus in the fact that they were serving and not being served. They were actually ahead of the apostles. And so it's not always the person that you see in the foreground who's doing the greatest work. I point to those two guys in the choir loft, Brother Ken and Brother Mark. You know, we get a lot of comments, Father Chris, you, thank you for doing this. And I'm like, I do nothing without Brother Ken and Brother Mark. They're the guys that are behind the camera. Giuseppe, cameraman Giuseppe. Does all the editing for our videos, our EWTN show. It's an incredible amount of work. I got the easy part. I just go in front and say, God bless you. Pray for us. We're praying for you. They have to do all the other work. What Brother Mark does to keep us on the air or 
not only the air on EWTN, but on, on your live streams is incredible. This is how God uses us. And so the 12 apostles were the guys in front of the camera. But the guys behind the camera, like Brother Ken and Brother Mark and cameraman Giuseppe, are like, well, I better not say it like the women. <laughs> but, but they're the ones making it happen. And so these women are similar here. Many in high positions could not be there with the help of their family behind them. You know, it's funny because when I worked in corporate America, I worked for a company was founded by an ex-executive of General Motors. He was a manly man, he football player in college and name was Dick Dauk. And, and he used to always say that I do none of this without my wife and my family behind me. And so I think that's important to remember. You know, many people's greatest helpers are in the background, not in the foreground. So unlike the apostles, who still haven't yet got the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, who still hadn't yet been sanctified fully, are a work in progress, these apostles were taking great pride in being one of the twelve. They were taking pride. But the women, they didn't seek that position or demand special privileges or asking themselves who was greater. Now, so Jesus basically touched them. Just being with them, that was enough for them. They were grateful to do anything for him, even if it was menial service, providing out of their resources. That's humility. They brought their gifts and their resources to Jesus to use as he saw fit. Do we? So these women are very important. Now, the Bible has different roles for women. Well, Father, are you saying now that they're greater than the 12 apostles? No, I didn't say that. The church has always taught there's dignity in men and women. But the church will always teach they are different. This cancel culture that is determined now to wipe out gender identity, to be able to just change our gender at whim, is contrary to everything Christ and the scriptures teach us. There's no subordinate in terms of inferiority. Women are not inferior to men. Women are not inferior to women. They are equal, but complementary and different. Well, Father, the church is sexist because they weren't ordained women. You've heard me say it before. It's not anything to do with greater or more important. I've said it before. Women being ordained to the priesthood is something the church can't do. Because the priest at that altar is in persona Christi. He's in the person of Christ. And God became incarnate as a man. We don't, can't change that. The priest is nothing but the screen of Jesus in the person of Jesus at that altar. And Jesus was a man. He chose to come as a man. It, it, we, we, we can't change that. Does that make women in fear? Absolutely not. The church has always taught that. In fact, I've always brought up What's a higher calling in the church? A diocesan priest or a cloistered nun? 
And the answer is a cloistered nun. Now, I'm not talking about the fact that the priest can confect the Eucharist or perform the sacraments. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just in the way of life, their lifestyle. A cloistered nun is a higher calling. So is the church saying that we are not going to let women take the role of something high in the church? No, the highest is that cloistered nun. Jesus has told many saints that the reason the earth is still in existence, the reason the world and the sun still came up today, the reason that this existence that we have in our world has not yet been ended by God, Jesus has said this to many saints, is because of cloistered nuns. He didn't say priests. He said cloistered nuns. Now, none of this happens without priests, but we can't forget the role that they play. Now, if I'm going to sit there and listen to Jesus's words, and he's going to say that the world's still in existence because of cloistered nuns, I'm going to think that's a pretty important role that the woman plays in the church. But yet the church is accused of being sexist and chauvinistic. So to finish, these, look at the humility of Jesus here too. Do you notice that Jesus took donations? <laughs> we are beggars just like Jesus. We have to still eat, have clothes, keep the lights on, so keep the live streams going. And praise be to God that like the women, Jesus has sent us beautiful people to support our ministry. And Side note, most of them are women. <laughs> and so God bless the fact that he set that stage of humility that Jesus accepted donations. He didn't say, I'm too good to receive these resources. He says right here, they provided Susanna and others who provided for Jesus and the men out of their resources. So Jesus accepted this charity. He wasn't too proud. Basically, we see the humble nature of Jesus here. He was willing to make himself dependent on others. But he didn't have to. You know, he could have created all the money he needed. He could have made all the food. You know, what do you want for dinner tonight, guys? You want fish? Fish. You want meat? Zap. There's meat. Jesus could have done that. But he didn't. He was humble enough to receive from others. Many of us are too proud to receive help from others. I'm not going to ask. I'm too proud. Hmm, not Jesus. Sometimes the ability to humbly receive is more like Jesus than the ability to give. Think about that. Sometimes the ability to humbly receive is more like Jesus than the ability to give. Why? Because sometimes when we give, we're like, look what I did for you. You owe me one. Hmm. Giving sometimes puts us in a higher place. You know, you owe me. I helped you out. I saved you. But when you receive, you're put in a lower place. Jesus, upon receiving, is put in a lower place. So the fact that we as Marians re re depend entirely on you, 
the fact that we beg, that we have to ask? Not beyond Jesus. Why should it be beyond us? And God bless you who are like Susanna, Joanna, and Mary Magdalene, who provide for our ministry this work of Jesus out of your resources. What we read in the gospel is continuing with all of us today in the same way. I think it's beautiful. And so I wanted to finish with the term that the Bible uses. Remember, the Bible's written in Greek of the women's support of Jesus's mission. You know what they called it? The diakonia. This may refer to the office of deacon or what they called back then deaconess. There is deaconesses in the Bible. It was created in the early church. These deaconesses were servants in the church, but they serviced only women. But they did not exercise ordained ministry. A deacon that we have it in the way today in the church is an ordained. You know, deacon is ordained. People think only a priest is ordained. A deacon is ordained. That's why we can't have women deacons in the way we have them in the church today because it's an ordained ministry. But the diaconate, back then, the deaconesses were ministry to other women. And if the church brings that back, that can be possible. That has been mentioned in the church. So only men can receive sacramental holy orders because being ordained as Christ, which includes the diaconate. And so the church can change some things, but the church can't change others. And they can't change who Jesus was or who the priest is the way Jesus established the priesthood. But what the church can recognize is the role of both. The importance of men and women in equal but different ways. And notice the Bible doesn't mention 27 genders. It mentions the role of the men the role of the women. Let us pray to God that we continue to serve him in these roles. Be, us a, be you a man, be you a woman, whatever God has created you to be, that you serve him to the full. And we give thank you to all of you who like Susanna, Mary Magdalene, and Joanna have provided out of your resources so that we Mary and fathers can try our best to do the work like Jesus, to evangelize and to bring the kingdom of God through the sacraments, through the word, through the live streams, through parish missions, whatever it may be. Praise be to God that he's looking after and helping us through our Marian helpers. God bless you all. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, 
I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.